This podcast is brought to you by Lacrosse All Stars, growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to another episode of Outside the Eight. We had a little breather because life gets crazy this time of year. It's December, the holidays are around the corner, and you know, your girl just needed a break because sometimes things are too much to handle. That said, we're back and I'm your host, Cassie Brunel. Thank you for listening. It is episode 12 of Outside the Eight. Today we have Annie Cook who reached out to me to be on the podcast. She's a friend and fellow coach here in Los Angeles. Annie wanted to share her story of the difficult choice she had to make in college to no longer play lacrosse due to too many concussions. And we don't talk a lot about injuries, and we haven't talked too much about injuries so far, and I'm really glad that she reached out to kind of open up about this because not only did she have to overcome the symptoms and the kind of experience of having too many concussions, she had to figure out how to readjust her life and athletic interests to fit what she was capable of doing, and competing on the lacrosse field became something that was too high risk for her. It's something that I think a lot of athletes go through. You know, everyone gets injured at some point. Playing a sport is risky, and we have to recognize when it's maybe our time to step back. And it's difficult, especially as a college athlete, it's so much of your social circle and the structure of your daily life. There's a lot of adjustments. So Annie and I talk a lot about what that was like for her. She played at Campbell University in North Carolina, and now she's living on the West Coast. And she's really, you know, gotten through the difficult patches that that came about when she had her final concussion. So without further ado... Here is my episode with Annie Cook. Hello, and welcome to a new episode. I am here with Annie Cook. Hello. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. Um, So it is daylight savings, and you used your extra hour to run a half marathon this morning, right? So it was so funny because... I woke up and I checked Instagram and the first thing I saw was your post. <laughs> the sunrise. You, <laughs> you, were up, get it. <laughs> you were up with the sun. You had our- So you reached out to me because you have some lacrosse experience that you wanted to share and I'm so glad you did. So tell us where you're from and kind of your, how did you discover lacrosse? I know you come from a big lacrosse family. <laughs> So give us a little bit of background. So I'm from Towson, Maryland, and I have, my dad played in college um, at D3. It was D1 at the time, I believe, at Washington College. And then my uncle, my uncle played at Johns Hopkins Mm -hmm. and was on Team USA. And then my older sister finished at Johns Hopkins playing lacrosse. So we both started when we were like six years old. Um, We'd go to practice like after kindergarten and then played all the way through rec, and then we both played club at Skywalkers and TLC. And then I we both went to McDonough, and 
she was like really really good and I was kind of the sister in the shadow um she was older she was older two and a half years older okay and then I went on to play at Campbell so I played um, which is where where is Campbell Campbell is in Bowie's Creek North Carolina so in the middle of nowhere and they had just started a team my I think I was a junior in high school when they announced that they were starting a team and then I got recruited I think in the spring and then I went there September 2013 and then I graduated in 2017 and played for two and a half years and then I had a career-ending injury from too many concussions which we'll talk about yes and I finished as a student coach and now I'm in LA coaching and yeah, Loving it's awesome. It. I love it. How long have you been in LA? <laughs> Since last September. Okay. So only a year, a few months. Yes, <laughs> and you're making your way. Very cool. So what was it like for you kind of coming from this family of lacrosse players? Was it always kind of obvious that lacrosse was going to be the thing that you wanted to do? Did you have other interests? How did you decide that lacrosse was what you're going to pursue. Yeah. So I loved it like from the moment I picked up a stick. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had passion for it and like the desire. It was my childhood dream to be able to play lacrosse in college. Um, and I think part of that is because I was born, it's kind of like just started at a young age because of my family. And um, I just loved the sport. So I knew I wanted to play and then um, it just got better and better as the years went on. And then, so you just have one older sister? Yes. And then, do you have any brothers? Nope. Okay. Just so us just two. you guys. Yeah. So was there a lot of competition between the two of you? I always knew I wanted to be, try to be as good as her, mm-hmm. but she was two and a half years older, so we never played on the same team or oh, okay. anything like that. So you get to, got to kind of like watch her from afar and be yeah, like... she like, was like my role model for lacrosse. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So she played at Johns Hopkins. Um, and then when you were looking to go to school or for college, did you know that you wanted to pursue playing lacrosse? Yes. Okay. Um, I was going through the recruiting process starting like fall of junior year. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wanted to play in college, preferably Division One. But it's not like I grew up knowing I wanted to go to, like, a certain Division One school. Yeah. I just knew I wanted to play. And I wanted to go, go to a school that, where, like, I would be happy being on the field every single day. Um, so it wasn't until I actually went to Campbell where I felt like this was the school that I wanted to go to just because of, like, the people and the environment and where it was. Like, in North Carolina, I knew it would be a little warmer than, like up north so yeah so how big is Campbell it's about 5,000 undergrad okay more or less um and then were the girls that were on your team were they from a lot of different places what did your we were almost all from Maryland oh really yeah so I started with 13 girls in my class and graduated with three myself included wow so um yeah that's kind of it's kind of a story but yeah yeah um, and then where you went to high school is very notable, McDonough High School in... in Owens Mills, Maryland. Okay. Um, 
so that like you guys had won championships, top players have been through there. Yeah. What was it like <clears throat> in high school? Like what give us the kind of the landscape of what that was like, especially like it sounds very competitive. Yes. So about every year there were like 60 to 70 girls trying out to make a, like to make varsity. Yeah. Um but we had three teams, fresh soft, JV and varsity. Um, but it was really, really competitive. Like each grade had a number of girls who could play at like the highest level, um, and it was super competitive. Um, but there were a lot of really, really great players that went through the program. So just like trying to keep up with them, and um, yeah, I learned a lot being at McDonough <laughs> playing lacrosse. Yeah, but. positive and difficult. Both at the same time, yeah. it was like kind of where I wanted to be as a player, but also difficult because it was so competitive. Yeah. So. Did you put a lot of pressure on yourself? No. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Not really, yeah. but um, because I knew it was so competitive, like our JV team could beat a varsity team, mm-hmm. um, and probably the varsity team could beat some colleges, so... Um, I knew it was like one of the more competitive schools, so I wasn't too hard on myself, but I always wanted to try my best. And did that push you to like work harder, like do more stuff outside of, you know, practice? What were some of the things that you did to try yeah, to So I knew, up? um, this kind of like goes at any level, mm-hmm. but like the best players get better in the, like training on their own Mm -hmm. um so my sister and I we'd go to a trainer Rob Slade I think I started in like sixth or seventh grade and it was like in this basement of a gym and it was like running and conditioning and shooting and dodging and lifting (laughs) weights not so much in sixth grade but like as I got older um and I think that really helped just like off the field with confidence and also on the field because I knew I was training so um, like playing in the club season and all that, that really helped in the summer. Yeah, that's, I, I did not have that. And now I just see a lot of people, I think having the idea of personal training from a younger age. Yeah. Um, I was always on team sports and didn't ever, you know, I think I did a little bit of like specializing and and doing like more one-on-one training, like kind of, but I think now, especially collegiate athletes, like in the summer, like almost everyone has a trainer or someone who is helping them maintain their workouts Mm -hmm. and get better and like push them to be the best. And then like the nutrition aspect too. Oh my gosh. Did you learn a lot? Like kind of at a younger age, do you feel like because of that training? Um, I, I think I like whenever I had a game, I was trying to, like, eat better, but definitely, like, it's not like if I didn't have practice, like, I wasn't gonna pass up, like, fries or ice cream, but now I'm definitely (laughs) learning more about that and how you feel. Campbell was a new program when you entered. Yes. And what was that like, kind of, was there a different vibe on campus? Did you, like, guys kind of have to prove yourselves? What was it like being part of a new and growing program? Yeah, so the grade ahead of me, it was their first season, so they actually played 
season with 12 girls on the team and one was injured so they had no subs and they were playing at a division one collegiate level against like high point and like teams that were already established so um then my class came in and we started with 13 girls and um the team bonding was definitely a little harder at first because we're 13 freshmen coming in and they had just finished a season so it took until like freshman spring into sophomore year fall where we like really got together as a team and now they're like my best friends and my sisters so cool yeah weren't you just uh did you guys just have an alumni weekend? yes um it was our first ever alumni weekend when their team could play the alumni because we had enough alumni so um there were girls from the seniors on the very first team and then up to the girls who just graduated last spring so it was fun fun. so how many people came out I want to say there were 17 okay yeah that's awesome it was a good turnout. <laughs> yeah, so you guys were really kind of pioneers for that program. Yes. And now, how are they doing? Are they competing? Yeah. Um, so each year, Campbell's gotten better. Yeah, that's so, good. So, um, like, I think my freshman year, we made the first round, and then sophomore year, we lost in the quarters, and then each year, like my senior year, we were in the Big South Championship. Mm-hmm. So each year it's gotten better, and then they've been able to maintain that. And I think the senior class does a really great job at setting the bar for the younger girls, and then they get on board, and then it's most of the time more successful. But Good. Yeah. That's awesome. That must be fun to see the program continue to get better and – you know, it's something you can speak to, to girls that you're yeah, now coaching, right? Definitely. Um, it was actually really cool. When I was in Denver coaching, I was like in a parking lot wearing my Campbell jacket mm-hmm. and this mom just, she was like, Campbell. And then I had no idea anyone like on the West coast had even heard of Campbell. And she was like, my daughter wants to go there. Like she loves it. And that was like really exciting to be on the west coast and have someone recognize it yeah oh that's so cool yeah that's awesome um so you had talked about you had dealt with some concussions and that had a pretty big impact on obviously your athletic career but also on you kind of personally and how you see life yeah so what's what's the story there kind of what happened um in your college career yeah so um my sophomore year I got hit in the head in the last day of fall ball practice and I think I was I didn't even know it was a pass we were doing this drill called chaos and you have to run through like three lines passing the ball at the same time Mm. and I got nailed in the back of my head you're asking for it yeah (laughs) it's like a drill asking to get a concussion yeah um and I didn't even know I had one until I went to the trainer on Monday, so I was out for like seven days, and then I got another one in the spring of sophomore year, and that, I was out for like five to seven days, and then junior year, I got a concussion right before the first game of the season, like a week or two before, and then junior year in the spring, I got my last one. Um, Oh my god. We hadn't even started conference. And I was, like, sprinting down the field on a fast break, and 
this girl caught up to me and like plowed me to the ground um and I didn't move for like my mom said like five to ten seconds and then I had to wait for the trainer to get me off the field and I had blood dripping from my forehead like all the way down and so did she hit you with your with her stick or was it the ground that I hit my head on the ground and then I had like whiplash and then I hit my head again oh so you had a little yeah double yeah what's that called I used to double whammy (laughs) double whammy concussion yeah yeah there's a name for it I can't remember but yeah not that (laughs) um yeah it was like the worst pain I've ever felt and I remember like once I gained consciousness again I saw my friend like standing right like in front of me and she was like cooks what's happening like are you okay and I was like it's my head and it was it hurt to even like say that so I was out I had symptoms you're supposed to have symptoms for seven to ten days and I had symptoms for four six weeks oh my god straight without like having a headache and it took me like six weeks to not have a single symptom and then I didn't go to classes for four weeks and on top of that I had to have an incomplete continuous for three of the classes and then I was going to trips to the health center like every single day and some days the progress was better some days it was the same Mm -hmm. and I would have like a headache going to the grocery store and being in class with the lights and like even being outside in the sunlight um so I basically had a headache all day um so the recovery was really really just like it was depressing and I was in my bed basically all day not able to do a thing and um yeah it was brutal and then senior year I was fine over the summer and then I came back and so at this point you're recovering and you're trying to get rid of your symptoms but are you aware of like are you intending to play again at this point so are you intending to get back out there parents were like I do not want you to play I mean after having four it's like questionable yeah um and the trainers and the doctors they both advised me they were like if you could play professionally then maybe but because you want to get a degree and graduate, like, you shouldn't be on the field. So as I was recovering, I was also getting that news, and just knowing that I couldn't ever play again was, like, just Yeah, so when did you have to make that decision? I think it was about two to three weeks since the concussion happened. Oh, so you decided pretty quickly. Yeah. Wow. That sounds terrible, first of all. Like, I'm so sorry you had to deal with an injury that, like, effect, like I feel like if you break your leg or, you know, hurt your shoulder, like, a bodily part that isn't, that is part of daily function, yeah. but, like, you can think and go to the store and yeah. be in class without, you know, necessarily having to... um like wait to be healed in order to be able to do those things but when it's your head it's so important to not like not have stimulus around you right when you get a concussion and to be very aware of what you're feeling and how that relates to the injury because I think a lot of people you know when things go on with head injuries they don't always equate like 
though this I'm feeling this way because of that. Yeah. I feel like there's sometimes a disconnect. Yeah. I don't know. Do you agree? Um What's your question? <laughs> 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 sorry no, that's like part funny. of the reason well, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's affected you yeah. <laughs> um no that's not uh, funny but it is funny i'm good to get you can i can laugh, laugh about it now yes yeah um, no i was just saying that <laughs> when you have a head injury being self-aware enough to know that some of the things that you're feeling or actions you're taking are related to the fact that you're probably not thinking straight. Yes. You're probably overstimulated very easily and mm-hmm. you don't really recognize that that can affect you emotionally too, right? Definitely. Um, whereas if you, you know, tear your ACL or, you know, you have a shoulder injury, like you get surgery and you recover and you do rehab and you're good to go. Yeah. But when you have a head injury, it's going to affect you for long term. Like yes. the choices you make in the moment and how you recover, like in that six week period, yeah. is going to set you up for success or, you know, more issues yeah. later on, right? Definitely. So when you were kind of in it, did people, did you have a lot of support? How was that with yeah. like your teammates and stuff? So my parents, they were six hours away. They were actually at the game. Okay. So my mom was like, they traumatized were, probably. Yeah, I would say that. Um, so I would call my mom like every single day on the phone, yeah. like not knowing what to do with myself. And um, you couldn't go to class or anything. I couldn't go to class. I was basically like in my room for two weeks. Could you I be social? Say, no. Um, people would like come to my apartment to like say hi or like bring me something, but I couldn't even like walk to the dining hall without getting a headache or like I couldn't go to games for three, I want to say it was like three weeks, um, cause I couldn't travel with the team. So like while my, my team was practicing and like going to games and having games, I wasn't able to be there with them. So that was really hard, but my friends were really supportive and, um, they just they understood what I was going through to an extent so they wanted to be there for me and that was really touching but it's kind of hard when you're like the one in the situation and you know how it hurts but you're trying to like just be this is your junior year junior year so then you recover you're symptom free after six weeks but at this point you decided you're not going to be playing for the rest of the season right So how did you kind of mentally accept that? And then what did you do the rest of the time to like still be a part of the team? Yeah, so basically I told the team in the locker room one day after I told the coaches. Were your coaches supportive? Yeah, they said like if you still, like we would love to have you still be with us. So um, we'll just do like whatever you can do. Um, so basically this was before conference even started and I had been praying a lot, like just to mentally get better and physically get better. Um, and one day I just like woke up and I realized that like this situation wasn't going to go away. Um, like the fact that I couldn't play anymore and I could either 
view it as negative and throw myself a pity party and just be so negative about it or I could be positive and I could try to like make it the best thing yeah like come out of it in the best way possible and um just be like a positive role model and supportive teammate for the girls on the team who were like my best friends so I decided to be positive and so um that was kind of like I just wanted to be like the positive person because it's really hard like as an athlete going to practices every single day um and just like trying to maintain like good grades and get everything done and so day-to-day is challenging Mm -hmm. but having like someone there being like supportive and cheering you on and giving you confidence that's what I wanted to do so um and then I also this made me realize that like anything can happen to you at any given moment like life you shouldn't take life for granted um and so I wanted to just live every day in the present and because you know it's like what can happen tomorrow so that was like a really big thing that I decided to like work on every single day and waking up and being like what am I going to do today that's going to make myself better but also my teammates so and I even like try to do that now in my life where everything's like kind of steady but just like appreciating the little things and living in the present Mm -hmm. because you never know (laughs) you never know well something that you had texted me um when we were talking about this was something that your dad used to tell you right like play every game like it's your last yeah and so it's kind of like ironic that you had to kind of embody that yeah probably especially after you know your second concussion you're probably feeling that way mentally staying positive for everyone so you Mm -hmm. kind of put it on yourself to it probably you're trying to be positive for yourself by being positive for them yeah kind of yeah like I wanted to still be a part of the team in some way and have a role Mm -hmm. so that's what I chose but yeah my dad would say that like pretty often like just play like it's your last game um because he didn't want me to have regrets like I could have tried harder or I could have given more um so that was like really that comment stuck more with me after the fact than during the season which is sad but (laughs) yeah but yeah Yeah. things you learn did it also kind of cause you to see life outside of lacrosse a little more fully I think when you're playing a sport in college and the kind of the structure that brings you yeah you get very set in that routine and you don't really think about what's next or what's possible yeah so did it did it allow you to kind of think more about other things that you're interested in and what were some of those things definitely so um I guess like for the longest time, I was kind of, I I think a lot of athletes, when they're playing a sport in college, they're defined as, like, a lacrosse player or, you know, whatever sport it may be. Yeah. Um, and just going through the season and then coming back senior year where I wasn't going to even step foot on the field to even play at all, um, I tried to just, like, figure out what, I liked and what I wanted to do so senior year while my team was like working on on the field I decided I would 
train to run a half marathon. So I went back over fall break and I ran my first half marathon, but that like just doing something every day to try to reach that. Um, cause I still liked having like something to work for and like keep myself motivated. So I chose that, but even just like after college, I felt like having like that year to develop myself as like an adult instead of like an athlete was Mm -hmm. definitely good for me. Do you think it kind of helped lay the foundation for you to make a big move across the country? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because at that point, I feel like I had overcome like the biggest hurdle of my life so far. Um, And like, I knew I wanted to move to California since I was young. And I think it was gonna, like, you have to, I think you have to do things out of your comfort zone to grow. Mm -hmm. So, and I learned that senior year. I wanted to try, like, new things on campus or, like, I was actually, like, I hosted a show on, like, the Campbell TV or something. Like, that was something I never would have done if I was playing. So, little things like that, like, going outside of your comfort zone, I knew, like, going, moving to California was going to help me grow up. Yeah. (laughs) So... That yeah, makes sense. Definitely. And that's a big move after being, you know, close to where you are from and being on the East Coast for your whole life, you know, then going through this traumatic event and then being like, all right, there's so much more to life. Like, yeah. I'm going to go experience it. Definitely. It's kind of how you felt. Yes. That's very of cool. <laughs> um, so in the, in your senior year, you were, you did like kind of a player coach role. Or was yeah. it, like, less commitment, like, less so, committed than that? I started out with office hours, so I'd have to, like, go. Because were you still, like, kind of getting credit for being a part of the team or Yeah, not? so my – I was a sports management major. Okay. So my senior year you had to do an internship, so I combined it with working in, like, the sports media office and also, like, doing lacrosse work. Yeah. Um, and I originally had to get, I think, like, nine – office hours um so this was on top of 27 credits that I had to make up from the previous spring and going to practices and these nine hours like outside of my class time yeah um which I wish for the longest time I tried to do it all at the same like just all in one day but that was not possible so um I like called my mom one day and she was like, just go talk to your coaches or the academic advisor to see like what you can get fixed. So the hours like on the field got cut back a little and then the hours in the office got cut back a little. So because you really at this point had to focus on your schoolwork. Yeah. I graduate. I thought I was going to have to go back like a whole other year because it was just so like it was so stressful. And on top of having all these credits, I had to, um, like I had all the post-concussion symptoms so like being in the library trying to read a book was even hard for me so school definitely was a lot harder my senior year yeah um but I wanted to still be like part of the team and try to do as much as I could so did you have support on campus like through other programs with like tutoring or like Mm -hmm. whatever it was Um, I had an academic advisor who was with me. She was like my second mom, like down at Campbell. Um, but she was so supportive and so she just like wanted to help in any way she could. Um, so I went to her and then she 
reached out to like a person higher than her um and we I got accommodations for taking tests and all that to help me out but that was one of the reasons why I wanted to go to a smaller school was because of just like the academic support so that definitely paid off by the time I was a senior yeah that's good that I mean that's necessary in order for you to get what you need to be a successful student um so what was your major sports management okay um and that's I think it's important that you are like able to reprioritize and think okay like there's no need for you to be out on the field all the time because yeah you're not doing that part of the work but you can still be a part of the team and aware were you financially bound to athletics like yes okay so it was kind of like you had to do something in order to maintain that yes that's good yeah Yeah. because a lot of people do get in that situation if they have a career-ending injury but they're relying on their scholarship for an education then they're in a bit of a pickle right because you definitely you can't have (laughs) both all the time so I think it's in college sports it's really important to recognize and if if you're a young person wanting to play a sport in college and you're going to rely on that um you know getting a scholarship for that sport in order to get your education yeah there is that catch-22 that if you get burnout or have a career-ending injury or if you just decide that this isn't for you anymore you might not be able to stay at that school definitely to graduate yeah um, when I chose to not play anymore, I was not, I had a small portion of my, um, academics paid for, so I wasn't as financially bound. Mm-hmm. So I felt very free and independent to make the decision to no longer play. Yeah. But I know I have teammates that had to stick it out and maybe would have enjoyed college more or just had a different experience had they not had that yeah. situation. Definitely. Um, so I just think it's something that as a young person considering that you really need to decide that that's what you want and I think any kid is like oh yeah if I get to go to my dream school for free like I'll do it definitely but things happen I know it's (laughs) it's all unexpected I feel like yeah it's unpredictable so as a coach now you're coaching Mm -hmm. young girls we've coached a little bit together with Harlem Um, and you also coach with, uh, Santa Monica Dragons. Yes. And fire. And fire. Um, what are some of the things that you share with your girls or talk about maybe as it relates to your experience, but also just kind of about lacrosse and stuff too? So I coach a middle school team and one thing I always try to have them have like a, just a positive attitude. Like you're at lacrosse, try to have fun. But, um, if I were coaching like high school girls, my dad always told me you can't choose like you have to if you were to get injured, like you have to like the school. So yeah. I wouldn't like the lacrosse program is definitely part of it, but you also have to like the school. Like if you were to just wake up one day and be just like one student and not part of a team, like you have to like the school, like the campus, like the teachers. And I think that's like something that should definitely be thought about in the recruiting mm-hmm. process. Um, yeah, that is one thing that stuck out to me when you said that. Yeah. 
It's true. Cause, and it, luckily for you too, because similar to me, like my best friends are still my former teammates, regardless of the fact I didn't play all four years with them. Yeah. And is that you were able to maintain all of your. Yes. Friendships? I definitely like at the reunion, it was almost like we never left campus cause we all just got along and, yeah. um, you definitely gr- just, they like become your sisters because you're with each other every single day doing the same thing, working towards the same thing. And yeah, I love them. <laughs> They're yeah, awesome. That's good. So what do you share with your girls now when you're coaching as far as, you know, not just, you know, if they want to play in college, but just about enjoying being able to play? Yeah. So, I mean, especially in California, like it's sunny and 75 every single day. Yeah. And they have palm trees like lining the field. And yeah. that's something that I didn't grow up with. So... Yeah, you're playing in the snow, in yeah. the rain. <laughs> so that was something, like, if I were a seven-year-old and I was out on that field, like, that would have been amazing. So just to, like, enjoy every single day, but also, like, work hard while you're there because, one, you want to try your best and leave the field knowing you gave it your all, but also just, like, enjoy it while you have it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it is a real privilege to be coaching out here definitely um, because we don't have to deal with those cold I mean sometimes the nights are cold but yeah. it's not that <laughs> not, there's no snow on the ground which is good no um and then what are some other things that you do now you stay very active yes um obviously just run a marathon this morning or half marathon this morning <laughs> would you ever run a full marathon no that okay the half was somewhat it was fun, but my body was hurting by like the 11th mile. So whoever's ran a full marathon, I like I give them so much credit. Yeah. I cannot imagine <laughs> running the half marathon. So <laughs> the marathon idea is completely out of scope for me. Um, and then you work at SoulCycle. Yes. Very LA of you. <laughs> yeah. What do you want to say about that? Um, so I moved out here and you know, I needed like jobs to make money because I would eventually need to pay rent. Yeah. So when I first moved out here, I was living with my aunt and uncle, which yeah, was, nice. I was like so fortunate to have. But my, that was my first job at SoulCycle and I had never done a class before. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's definitely like just an awesome experience if you've never been. Um, but yeah, I love that job. I've been able to like make great friends from it and I knew I wanted to work in fitness, so I wanted to just be around like positive, supportive, like motivated people every day mm-hmm. and you definitely get that at Soul Cycle. Yeah, you're definitely getting your endorphins. Yeah. And we should take a class. <laughs> yes, we should. Um and no chance of getting hit in the head. No. <laughs> Unless like have you seen I Feel Pretty? Yes, I was just thinking about that Amy Schumer scene. <laughs> that's I would true. Hope the whole premise doesn't... is that she gets injured at a cycle class and has I know. a head injury. That's uh, hilarious. You're kind of also building your circle here um, with lacrosse-related people. And um, do you see lacrosse being kind of your primary path for a while as far as coaching and everything yeah I definitely want to 
so I coach fire sixth graders and they're awesome and I would love to stay with them like all the way through if I'm able to um but it's definitely like coaching in the evenings and like on the weekends it's definitely doable with like I work two other jobs so it's definitely doable to continue doing and I just love it and it's really fun because you're I'm coaching at an age where girls are just starting to fall like in love with the game and they're really excited about it and they're starting to have they're starting to like form friendships and like they're kind of becoming a we call it like a fire family yeah so um that's sometimes it's like the best part of my day going to practice so I definitely would like to continue to do it yeah that's so cool it's important um I think you guys are all doing a lot of important work with especially that group of girls and building them up and uh maintaining consistency too with all the different coaches that are involved it's very cool anything else that you wanted to mention or cover or no I mean, I think we covered a lot. We covered a lot. um, Like, if you're playing and you're listening, just enjoy it and have fun and have confidence because I think that's just, like, the biggest thing for especially young girls playing. Um, But, yeah, have fun and enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah, enjoy every moment. Well, cool. Well, thank you, Annie. Thank you for wanting to make this happen and for sharing your story. I think it's an important one and something that affects a lot of people everyone gets injured at some point everyone has to overcome that adversity um and so i think that's really cool thank you thanks for coming over yeah Thank you so much for listening to my episode with Annie. I really appreciate how honest she was about her experience and what it was like to deal with a concussion amidst her college career and many concussions, not just just the one, but the one that, you know, she had symptoms for so many months and and had to really figure out how to get back on track academically and also figure out how she could remain a part of the team at Campbell and and I really you know I applaud her for her resilience and and now she's on the west coast she's instilling some great things in the young girls that she's coaching and she's runs a half marathon the morning of wanting to record this podcast and I I just think that's so awesome there's there's nothing stopping her and she's going to keep going and, and keep sharing her love of the game and uh, also, you know, sharing the fact that, hey, this might be taken away from you at any time. So enjoy it and, and play every game like it's your last. I, I really like that message. So I'm going to do a couple quick fact checks and then we'll wrap it up. Annie is from Maryland and really an area that is a hotbed for girls lacrosse. Um, she went to McDonough High School, which is a powerhouse in Maryland, but also well known across the country. Um, McDonough actually had a nine-year winning streak that just got broken last year, but that's pretty amazing. Their longtime head coach, Chris Robinson, has since moved on to a high school in Florida, and now Taylor Cummings will be the head coach in this this coming year. She was named head coach last May, which is pretty awesome, and I'm sure she will continue their success. I thought it was interesting to hear Annie's take on kind of how she dealt with the expectations and what it was like being on such a successful team. Um, Obviously it was probably highly competitive and high pressure 
um, with a, you know, high expectation of, of going D1. And uh, I, I think that's interesting coming from a high school experience. Uh, mine was very different. And I, they're obviously very different across the country as it comes to lacrosse. So um, to be a part of such a powerhouse and such a program that had so much hype around it, then to go on to college and I just imagine that was an that's an adjustment overall for kind of all of those girls, but it's it's become kind of the norm when you are essentially the best coming from the best high school program in the nation. Annie chose to play at Campbell University, which is in Bowie's Creek, North Carolina. At the time, they were going into their second year as a program, uh, part of the Big South Conference, and now they are entering their seventh year. They have definitely had steady improvement year after year, which is exactly what you would want from an emerging program. They play against teams like High Point, Liberty, Radford, Longwood, Presbyterian, um, part of the Big South Conference. So I know they are anticipating more success as the years go by. I was just reading about their recruiting class with a lot of girls coming from uh, Maryland and uh, New Jersey New York, different areas up there. Um, and I think that's great. And I really like the fact that Annie drove home the point that she really did choose the school, not just for lacrosse. There were other aspects of the school, the fact it was a little bit smaller, the academic, uh, the academics that she was interested in. And, you know, she was able to find a really strong social circle within the team that she was a part of. The Campbell University mascot is the Camels, which I thought was kind of funny, and their head coach is Don Easley. All right, so let's talk about concussions. Um, I am really kicking myself because I did not ask Annie about the new headgear that is now available uh, for youth girls lacrosse and is now being implemented on different college teams as an optional uh, equipment for players to wear. You know, at the time, for a long time, we've only had goggles to protect our faces from uh, the impact of of playing lacrosse. And I myself had experienced a couple concussions over my playing career in high school and college. Uh, I think one from a a shot and one from just a sick, sick check. And um, concussions are scary because... They're not super visible. The symptoms are not visible. You don't have a bruise on your head usually unless, you know, you've been knocked to the ground and and had um, a laceration. And you have to be really honest with yourself about how it's affecting you. So I wanted to do a little bit of research on concussion protocol and also concussion specifically in women and women's sports. Um, my mom is a doctor of physical therapy and has always been a really strong proponent of body positioning and making sure that you are setting yourself up for success. So I enlisted her help in kind of understanding this a little bit better. Um, my knowledge is limited. It's only, you know, the fact of my experience of playing sports for so long. There are certain elements you kind of know to avoid when it comes to not trying to get a concussion. Um, You know, you don't want to fall face first. You don't want to fall um, kind of limp. You want to fall on an area of your body that has muscle and and you want to protect yourself, protect your limbs, protect your head. Um, But in lacrosse, sometimes that's a little bit difficult to do, especially with Uh, the nature of the ball being a hard rubber ball that moves very fast in the air. 
and can kind of come out of nowhere sometimes. And if you're playing in situations where refs maybe don't have the game under control or you're playing with maybe less experienced players and they don't have a lot of aim. I mean, I coach young girls. I've had to block my face and duck and hope for the best when it comes to passing with them sometimes. And that's where we're at. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that um, because concussions can be really scary. Like I mentioned, the word that Annie and I were trying to remember is called a countercoup concussion, which is actually when what Annie experienced is, as she describes her final concussion is when you hit your head once and then experience a whiplash and hit it again. So you're actually kind of hitting your brain on two sides of your skull. And that and that impact um, can cause an an even worse reaction and to have even more um, severe symptoms. The other element of concussions and and the the issue with having too many too close together is second impact syndrome, which you hear a lot about with football players. Um, and you really don't want to have too many concussions in a period of time that is close together. You know, I think I had one in high school and one in college. So my long-term effects are probably very, very, very slim. But if you're in a situation where you have a concussion in a season and you have another one, you know, maybe a month or two later, the concussion and the severity of the symptoms are going to be that much worse. Because essentially your brain is swollen and it doesn't have the proper room to heal until you give it time. And that's that's the thing with concussions is that it takes time and you have to have not a lot of stimulus around you and you have to be patient. Um, the, the biggest thing with concussions is not going back to activity too soon and to recognize when you need to take a break um, and whether that be in school or on the on the lacrosse field or in, a, in whatever sport you're playing. So obviously I am not a doctor or a scientist, um, but I did kind of Google some of this stuff and found some really interesting articles about concussions and the differences between the effects on men and women. And women are actually more susceptible to concussions. And that is for number of reasons um but the article that i found talked about how just biomechanics in general might be one reason why women are more susceptible to concussions um this report is saying women have shorter and thinner necks than men and approximately 50 percent less neck strength so in general that means females have less of a buffer against anything that their heads might slam whether it's a ball or another person's elbow so their skulls experience greater acceleration when their bodies whiplash and it's in that motion that jars the brain and leads to a concussion lacrosse overall is one of the top sports for concussions when you look at the rate per per a thousand injuries um soccer and football are obviously the highest, but lacrosse has clear risks with the equipment and just nature of it being a contact sport. Um, so concussion prevention and concussion concussion protocol is really important. And coaches at all levels 
need to be able to, and parents too, need to understand what those risks are, how to prevent some of those things, and what to do if their child or player has experienced a concussion. I think the old saying of safety first is what goes hand in hand with preventing all injuries and especially concussions. Concussions often happen in moments of intensity and when players are going really hard. Sometimes fluke things happen or sometimes there's moments of stupidity when people become overcompetitive and, you know, do something like too violent of a stick check or body check or what have you. So it's really important as a coach and as a ref to have control over the situation and to recognize when it might be time to blow the whistle and stop, whether it's the drill or the game. And if there is an incident where someone is hit in the head, to take it seriously, to take that player out and acknowledge that they might have some symptoms. And if they do, then it is in their best interest to not return to play and to get more medical help. Um, If a player is acting at all dazed or confused or if they have dilated pupils, those are always kind of the initial things that I look for if I'm in a situation with a, a, a player that I'm coaching and they've experienced some sort of uh, stick check to the head or, or pass to the head or what have you. It's also really important to recognize that symptoms can come on later on. It's not always in the moment that you're going to realize that you're injured. They can come on the next day. They can come on, you know, when you've when your brain is stimulated either, you know, if you're in class and you're trying to see the board and things become blurry or if you're on your phone or on your computer and you get a headache. All of those things can be linked back to the time you hit your head maybe the day before. And it's also very important to recognize that healing takes a lot of time and discipline. I think that's one of the biggest takeaways that Annie realized is that as much as it was awful to have to be kind of isolated in her dorm or apartment and heal, it was necessary in order for her to not have longer-term effects and to be able to get back to studying and get back to exercising the way that she knew how so that she could graduate on time and still be a part of her team. If she hadn't given herself that space and if her her teammates or coaches or or academic programs weren't supportive of that, there it would have been really difficult for her to succeed. And I think we as a society need to recognize that there's a lot of pressure on athletes and and kids who are trying to play in college or trying to have a successful college career. If anyone gets injured, you know, in whatever it may be, maybe they tear their ACL or they hurt their shoulder or what have you, it takes time to heal and it takes a lot of mental toughness to bounce back. And if you're in a situation where you get a concussion, you have to be honest with what those symptoms are and what it will take to heal and and how it's going to affect you long term. I also love that Annie was able to laugh at herself. You know, sometimes things get confusing and as much as you want to recognize that this hasn't affected you long term, maybe it has in some ways and that's okay, but it doesn't keep you from living a, a full life and and having the experiences that you've always wanted. It's the risk we take in playing sports and sports bring us so much more than kind of what they've taken away in, in most, most situations. 
So I guess the main takeaway is to listen to your body, put yourself in safe situations. If you are uncomfortable or if you are on a team or have a coach that is pushing things that are causing injury or you're not feeling supported in in healing, that's a problem. And it may not be something that you want to be a part of. If you don't feel like you have the tools as a parent to understand if your kid's okay, there's a ton of things online. I just went on the CDC website and there's a lot about concussion prevention, concussion protocol, and what to do and how to manage symptoms of a concussion and many other injuries you can find on there. So overall, I just want people to recognize that these stories are happen all the time. It's not just Annie. I had a teammate in college who dealt with many concussions and, and had to quit playing. And it it's tough and it's it's not easy. It's not an easy road, but it's part of it. And we got to talk about it. So if you have stories to share, if, if you overcame an injury, it, may, it doesn't have to be a head injury. It could be something else. And you didn't let it define you, but you really let it push you forward. Let us know. I want to hear about it because those are the stories that are really interesting and inspiring. The way that we utilize some of the adversity in our life and and how to make the most of it. You know, I don't think that Malibu Half Marathon's the last one Annie will run. I'm sure she'll run many more in her lifetime and continue to share her story about concussion management and make sure that all the girls that she's coaching stay safe. All right, so that was my little bit long-winded fact check when it comes to concussions, but I think it's important and not something that is talked about that often. So I hope you learn something and share it and enjoy it. Uh, Thank you again for listening to Outside the Eight on Lacrosse All-Stars. As you may know, we have a lot of other podcast content and we have more coming. So stay tuned. Stay tuned for more episodes of Outside the Eight. And if you have any feedback, you can always reach out to me, Cassie at laxallstars.com. You can send me a note on Twitter, CM Brunel, or you can message the Lacrosse All-Stars Instagram account. Thanks so much and have a great day. Thank you.